when you think about all those those boxes, those probably the, those little um, uh, styrofoam beads that might be surrounding the, the journal as well as then the box itself. Every time you produce that, it takes resources. Um, not just the physical resources, the, the tree or the recycled pulp or the, the plastic, but it creates, needs, you need energy to make things. Um, and that all contributes to climate warming, to global warming and climate change. Welcome to the Small Business Storytellers, the show where we dive deep into the stories and secrets of businesses focused on not just making money, but making the world a better place. My name is Seth Silvers, and my passion is helping businesses grow that are making the world a better place. Every episode, you will hear from transformational leaders and business owners as we dive into what has helped them grow and what has helped them stay true to themselves along the way. Also, Every week, we are hosting live conversations with our guests on Fireside Chat, where we give you, the audience, the opportunity to ask them your burning questions. So make sure to join us live on Fireside Chat on your mobile device. Let's dive in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Small Business Storytellers. Uh, If you've been a listener on the show, then you know that one thing I love doing is taking everyday items or products or things that we do and showing that there's actually a lot more complexity behind those things and there's a lot more stories behind those things. And so today we're going to dive into the world of packaging um, and talk about how even though all of us probably receive hundreds of packages a year, um, I want us to think more about where that packaging is coming from and think more about what goes into that before we just hit a button and it comes to our door. And so to do that and to have this conversation, um, I have a guest joining me from New Zealand. I have Kate Bazar with the Better Packaging Company here on the show, and I'm very excited um, to talk to you and learn more about your story, Kate. So welcome to the show. Thanks, Seth. It's cool to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kate, take us, uh, bef- I guess before we go to your story, which I want to hear about, um, I want to know, I'd love to hear you talk about the problem um, yeah. first. Like, what is the problem with packaging uh, that needs to be fixed or needs to be solved or, yeah. you know, and look, uh, adapted. That's always the best place to start. And that's certainly where Bex, my co-founder, and I started. Uh, we were both working at a, a tech startup that sort of sat at the intersection of e-commerce and logistics, the courier companies. It was between the, I guess, the person selling the goods online and the courier companies. And being there, we could see this explosive growth of of e-commerce. And this was sort of 10 10 years ago now. And even then it was just skyrocketing, let alone sort of pre-COVID, which has only served to accelerate it further. Uh, And if you think about it, every single one of those orders has to come in in protective packaging, um, something that's going to get it safely from A to B. Uh, It's a very hard process to to have a return cycle within for for packaging. So it generally is a one-way street for that packaging, which means that um, it's more often than not single use. Um, And, you know, if it's not one, it's two or three layers of packaging. You know, there's often uh, a layer of tissue paper. There might be bubble wrap, um, something to keep it watertight, a plastic bag, um, a box, possibly even a plastic bag over the box. Uh, and so Bex and I decided to see if there's a, a more sustainable way to do that. But when you think about it, that you know, that 
the e-commerce market's exploding, um, packaging's exploding with it, and um, and it is actually it's becoming a, a serious issue. Yeah, and I, I'm sure I'm not the only one who's ordered, like, we'll say like a journal like this, and I get the journal, and I get a box that's like three feet big, <laughs> like long. And this box is in one box and then it's in a box that's four times the size. And then there's like other little boxes that are holding the, this little box in place and you open it and you realize, and we, like my wife and I have talked about it before we were realizing it. Like, I guess if you're, if, if you're just trying to get stuff out as quickly as possible, like as much stuff as quickly as possible, then you're probably just going to, you know, throw stuff in oversized boxes and whatever you have and not really think yeah. about the intentionality. But from a waste perspective, like, is this a big problem? Um, you know, we don't talk about like climate change and much different things too often on this show, but like when we're looking at just like the impact of um, e-commerce blowing up, the impact of non-intentional packaging, mm. what are some of those impacts uh, that, that people in your world are, are starting to talk mm. about? So it's when we talk about making anything or producing anything we talk about the full life cycle of the product uh and so when you think about all those those boxes those probably the, those little um uh styrofoam beads that might be surrounding the the journal as well as then the box itself every time you produce that it takes resources um not just the physical resources the the tree or the recycled pulp or the the plastic, but it creates needs. You need energy to make things, um, and that all contributes to climate warming, to global warming and climate change. Uh, so yeah. that's at the sort of the production stage of the life cycle. Then the product gets used, or the packaging gets used. Then it has to be disposed of, and often there's also a climate impact at at, at that point too. It's not just about uh, plastic going into the oceans, but it's about all this packaging. That is a big part of it, but it's also about the packaging ending up in landfill. Um, you know, it sits there for hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, potentially, le leaches starts leaching toxins, um, and um, and actually, when it when it eventually does start breaking down, it'll contribute to climate change as well. So it's yeah, it, it just at every stage of that life cycle, it's it's impacting our climate, and it's it's not. You know, I think people have to realize that, you know, the packaging is one thing, but we also just need to start consuming less. <laughs> um, right. You know, everything you, everything you buy has, has an impact. Um, you know, these glasses took a heap of energy to make. Um, and perhaps right. I bought the cheap ones and then they're going to break quickly and then I'm going to have to replace them. And that's more energy and resources to make it. It's, you know, I think we need to be far more conscious. Um not just of our packaging, but of our consumption in general. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such a good point. So now we've talked about the problem. Um, talk to me about the solution. You know, you and your, you and your business partner had decided to try and solve this or bring a solution. Yeah. Uh, what is the solution and what is better packaging? There's, there's no one, there's no one solution. And that's certainly, um, what we, what we, you know, realized very early on, but we, we realized that we could make, uh, make something that was less, less bad. <laughs> um, that was definitely where we started. So we, 
we decided to, you know, we had, we had no agenda. We had no background in packaging. Um, Beck had come from a tech background. I was in publishing before sort of getting into marketing and communications and branding. Um, so we really, we weren't, you know, industry hardened to believe that, you know, solution X was going to be the way to go. We really were coming at this from a, um, without any preconceived notions of what was going to be better. Um, but after at least 10 months of searching, we found a material that, you know, like a, a film that was being used to make um, produce bags and carry bags and things. Um, so quite thin, um, but it was certified home compostable. Compostable. So, you know, this was, it behaved like plastic. It was reasonably tough and, you know, had good, all those good plastic qualities, but it was actually a bioplastic, partly made from plants that if you put it into a, a home composting um, environment would break down within 180 days into completely non-toxic wow. elements. And we said, well, look, could we make it a bit thicker, opaque? <laughs> no one wants to see through a, a courier mailer, mm -hmm. a poly mailer. Um, and, you know, can the seams be tough enough or labels stick to it? And so we eventually, um, you know, managed to make um, a poly mailer out of the same material that was that still met the home compostability requirements. And to us, you know, wow. the, the, the appeal was the immediate of that. A, it was partly made from plants and it was going back, you know, into, into the soil, you know, to then grow more plants. So that was, mm -hmm. that was appealing. But also, you know, this idea that when people got a package, they could then or you know, well, a lot of them anyway, could then do something with it. You know, they could just put it in their backyard compost and it would go away. Um, so that was yeah, where we started. That's, that's, I love that. Mm. And we made them matte black and we, you know, put some funky graphics on them and called them I'm a real dirt bag. Uh, and, and people just loved them. You know, they started Instagramming them. Our first production run sold out mm. in two weeks. We doubled it. That sold out in two weeks. How many was that? For how many did you uh, It was that first? maybe 40,000 first off, and we've okay. now sold over 80 million of the buggers. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, is the model, what, like now I'd be curious to kind of get a little bit more into the business side because a lot of our audience is business owners. They're people that are trying to, you know, build impact driven businesses and figure out how to do that. Uh, was the business model more of a direct consumer, you know, selling individual bags or are you wanting big no. companies to choose to, you know, yeah, buy no, 20,000? It's, it's a B2C model. It's a B2C. Okay. Oh, gotcha. sorry, it's a B2B model. Um, B2B, but it's um, B2B, B2B, but our mission has always been to make the most sustainable materials available to businesses of all sizes. That's a, you know, we don't, we think it kind of sucks that even if you're really, you know, if you're really small, you can't meet the the MOQs required, you know, to get the latest, neatest, funkiest, you know, developments and packaging. You know, your average Etsy seller can't afford to buy ten thousand bags off the, you know, off the manufacturer directly. Um, so we we set out we produce our own range. Um, so this has our branding on it, but it's it's fairly subtle. And that's what we sell from our website to other small businesses. Yeah. Um, and they're in quantity. Yeah, because I am on your website and you yeah. can buy it. You can go to your website and buy, you know, a couple hundred mailers or a hundred. Yeah. It looks like a hundred, even as little as 20 mailers, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, you know, and we love the idea that we'll be with you from uh, when you first launch, you know, that, you know, so you might only be buying, you might only want to buy 20 mailers to start um, or a hundred mailers, you know, and we'll grow with you and, um, and, you know, support you along the way. Yeah. I, it, it's such different thinking to, to um, imagine putting a bag in with the compost. Mm. But you think about like holding something that we're used to throwing in the recycling bin or the trash bin, yes. thinking about like, I'm going to go put this in my, in my garden composter. Yeah. And look, you know, we encourage people to use them, you know, to collect your food scraps first and then, then take them to the compost so that they get another use uh, as sort of a, a caddy liner. But I think, you know, where we've also come to is that we realize that not everyone has a, access to composting facilities. Uh, it's way more common in, in our part of the world, in Australia and New Zealand, um, but particularly in the US and, you know, where there's high-density housing, it's just not not nearly right. as much a thing. So that right. led us to to produce our, our new range, which is we, we literally – I mean, I actually think we're quite brave. You know, we're, we're onto a really good thing. We've got this neat product line. It now includes um, mailers, poly bags labels, tape, um, all, all compostable. Um, but we recognized that we could probably do even better. Um, and we went back to the drawing board and we, we're certainly still producing those products, but we've also managed to make a, a new range, which is made of plastic that we collect off. We, we have collectors do it. <laughs> Bex and I don't get out there and do it. Um, off beaches yeah. and waterways in Southeast Asia, which is where the bulk of the plastic entering the ocean comes from. So I think that 73% of plastic entering the ocean comes from these coastal areas in Southeast Asia who do not have any waste management facilities. So we're collecting that plastic before it enters the ocean and making it into packaging. And wow. we think that's pretty cool. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's going to be our new So record. that's not, that's not. It's not compostable. Right. In, no. Okay. It's not compostable, but it's, you know, recycled, true recycled plastic. It's it's 100% recycled plastic and it can go into, you know, it can be recycled if you're taking your plastic films back to, you know, um, any of the stores that, that accept them, you can take it back there as well into soft plastics yeah. recycling. So, but, you know, it's even if we just get it out of the ocean and stop it going into the ocean, you know, we're winning. Um, and, and, you know, and courier mailers, poly bags and the like aren't traditionally things that do then, you know, get littered. They do tend to end up in landfill or being recycled. So it's, it's, it's a pretty neat story. And we're doing it in a really beautiful yeah. way. We work with these communities really closely. Um, the people collecting the waste are paid well. Um, the whole community benefits because, you know, we, we talk about breaking the the cycle of pollution and poverty um, because it is very much, you know, they're so closely inter interlinked um, that, you know, we're now really making packaging. We've, we feel like we've shifted from making packaging that does – less bad to packaging that actually does a, a whole lot of good like this is you know every time I hold one of these bags and I haven't actually got one right beside me but I think this this is made of plastic that would otherwise you know be in the water and 
it just buzzes me out every time. It's, um, yeah. Yeah, we're pleased yeah. with Yeah, I think that's amazing. I'm, I'm curious to if there's people in your industry that think you're crazy um, or if along the way, if you've you know been talking to other people as you've been sharing your business model with them and, um, you know, everybody's business journey is so unique. Yeah. Have there been people that have kind of heard of what you're doing and they've just said, you know, it's it's not possible, like, you know, getting right. sustainable packaging is just not going to Well, yes and no. I mean, we've certainly had – so because of, of our background at Starship, and particularly Beck's background, she was one of the co-founders of that tech company that I mentioned earlier. She had a lot of contacts into uh, large courier companies in this part of the world, sort of the equivalent of – sort of UPS, um, but, you know, in Australia and New Zealand. And so we approached them and said, hey, look, we reckon you should do a sustainable packaging line. We'll do it. It's this home compostable material, blah, blah, blah. And they all just laughed us out of the room. They're like, yeah, how do we know it works? We're like, trust us, it works. We've sent heaps of passes in it. We've tested, we've done our own testing. Uh, and they were like, oh, no one's going to want this. Um yeah, no, I'm sorry, it's not for us. And they just looked at us, you know, we had no packaging background, we had no experience in this. And, you know, in retrospect, I'm sure they just thought we were completely naive. And so that was why we then were like, well, we have to prove it. So that was why we went and made our own range, put our branding on it and started selling it. And so it's, and that's where, that's how we got the product out. That's how we sort of seeded it out of the world. And now we're talking back, talking to all those courier companies and the postal companies, and they're doing pilots with us. And, right. you know, but I think you've got to be prepared to adjust your business model to what you're hearing and, and what the demand is. But if you know you're onto a good thing, just find a way to get it out there. You know, we had someone quite, quite high up in Hewlett-Packard contact us recently about packaging, and we, we always ask everyone who contacts us, you know, how did you hear about us? And he said, my daughter ordered a bikini, and it came in one of your mailers from, I don't know, Monday Swimwear or someone. And that's how wow. it gets out. Like, it's like there are now 80 million flyers, you know, out there in the world with our branding telling our story that, you know, we didn't need to work with UPS to make 80 million of them. We actually just got 80 million out there predominantly through small to medium-sized businesses buying our packaging who just got it straight off the bat. They were just like, every day I Google trying to find something better than your standard virgin plastic poly mailer and I can't find it. And then suddenly I Googled and I found you guys and where have you been, you know? Um, so I think that's one of the key things that we've, we've learned. How, how has that progressed as far as growth goes? Like how, how long have you been, um, been in existence and, uh, what's been the progression up to that 80 million, like loosely, you know, per right. year, it's, how many years? It's loosely doubled year on year. Okay. And, of course, you're starting from a really small base, so, you know. Yeah. Uh, but we started four years ago. We started in 2018. Uh, and, and as I mentioned, you know, at first 100% of our business was selling our products online through our website to these mm -hmm. smaller to medium-sized businesses. Now approximately 
40% of our business is customized packaging that we do make for bigger merchants who can afford to put their own brand on it. Um, mm -hmm. They want it in their colors and, and their sizes, et cetera. So there is now more of a mix between uh, of those sort of two channels to market. And, and that actually really works for us because uh, the stuff that we sell on our website, we sell at a, at a higher margin, but um, we the, the working capital component of that is, is higher, so we don't get paid for that for a lot longer. But the custom work we do, we take quite a decent deposit up front and it has but it has smaller margins. So the, the, we actually find that balance is, is sort of quite healthy for cash flow. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. How many people are on your team now? Oh, I think it's 16. We've we've got a couple okay. on maternity leave, and I'm never, you know, technically I think we meant to count them. So um, I think it's possibly 17. Yeah. Um, and most in this yeah. part of the world, but we have some people in South America and people in Australia. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, it's so neat. I love, I love that aspect of your story where there is, um, you know, you naturally, okay, let's go to the big companies. Let's go to the people who are shipping things all around the world. And, um, you know, they say no, but then, you know, you realize, well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of small voices. And when you add up 80 million small voices, that makes a pretty big, pretty mm. big impact. And so I think that's so great because, it's just so easy to go into business and just think, okay, we got to get the big fish. Mm. Um, and I think your story shows that the power of those small voices is, is significant. Mm. So I think that's really wonderful. Yeah. And Where do you see this going? Sorry, so we've also found that they're the ones who are most willing to adopt newer stuff quicker. Like, you know, they're yeah. hungry for the next cool thing. Um, and so that's how we, yeah. We seed product is through people who are keen to try new stuff, and it doesn't have to go through right. well, and, red tape. And, you know, if we have a three billion dollar company switching packaging, that's a that's a multi million dollar decision. Um, so it's also hard. I mean, that's why that's why you know people joke about it takes you know the Titanic couldn't avoid an iceberg. It takes huge ships <laughs> a long time to they can't just pivot and move no. as quickly. No. Um, so, I mean, in their defense, it's a big decision when you're dealing with that many logistics. It is. Um, and it cuts across all, all sorts of parts of their business. So when, yeah. When they make those decisions, it's going to make a lot of an impact too. It is. So we're still hammering on their door because we know that, if, you know, to make really big impact, we need Amazon to get on board. You know, we need, we need, yeah, you know, you know, you know who they are. Um, yeah. Do you think, do you think that's realistic or do you think that, and even from like a intellectual property, from a patenting standpoint, is it realistic for one day for them to have you make their packaging or does Amazon, Amazon just do this on their own one day? Uh, I just, I don't know. I mean, they, they certainly haven't done it yet. And if, if they want to save themselves two years of R&D, they could certainly, you know, right. leapfrog that by coming coming direct to us. And I think that's right. that's sort of where we where we find we're sitting. And, and you know, for, for larger companies like that, we can just start off with a pilot. You know, we can make 100,000 mailers and just 
test it, seed it, what's the feedback. You know, we can we can move at the pace that they need to as well. But, you know, it does cut across, you know, all of these, these big guys will have um, a sustainability department now. So it cuts across that, it cuts across marketing, finance, obviously. Sometimes you'll even have the CEO involved in this kind of decision because it cuts across. And then operations because, they, you know, the packaging has to physically work through their warehousing logistics. Um, so that's, yeah, when you talk about trying to um, to get the Titanic to shift course a couple of degrees, you've got the heads of all of these departments, you know, who need to be at the wheel. Uh, and it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's certainly more challenging. And I'm, I'm pleased I'm not trying to steer a Titanic because I think I'd find it super frustrating, right? Like I love being nimble and I love that Bex and I together can say, look, we've got this incredible home compostable range, but let's see if we can make something even better. And we just, you know, that's all it takes is Beck and I doing that and throwing a, a heap of resource and time in it and it, and it happens um, rather than having to, right. to go through hoops. I mean, that's the beauty of a small business. Um, you mm-hmm. can be nimble. And so when we, yeah, 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 I think that's so, that's so true. That just the ability to be able to move quicker um, and be more involved, um, it gives you the ability to innovate and iterate quickly. Which is why a lot of times the innovation comes outside of these huge companies because it's so much harder to truly breed innovation inside of a big company that it involves so many different people. So where do you see this going? Um, you know, maybe when you think five, 10 years down the road, uh, what's the vision that you have, whether it's physically posted on the board somewhere or in your mind, it's, it's what you see. What do you see coming down the road? Oh, I, I, I'd love to see a better packaging company as a household name and known for being, you know, the most innovative, most sustainable, credible packaging company in the world. Like I seriously think that that's um, that's where we can get to. Um, we've certainly made some pretty big steps in that direction already. Um, I'd love for this new range, which is called Plastic. I'm not sure if I mentioned that. I'd love for that to be a household name that consumers demand that their packaging is made from 100% waste pollution instead of just getting more petroleum out of the ground to to make it instead. Um, and I'd I'd like I'd love to think that we've created something that inspires other people to think about how they actually could make a lot of positive impact with what they're doing and what they're producing. Um, look at the UN Sustainable Development Goals. Really look at them and think about how could your business positively shift the world towards those goals. Um, you know, they're they're a really compelling roadmap for the kind of world that we want to leave for our children. It's, um, it's, it's really that simple. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So uh, I'm definitely excited to, um, stay in touch and see where the company goes. Uh, looking on your website, (laughs) what's that? You heard it here first. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And I mean, looking at your website, for your small indie creators, you know, I know a lot of people that they're running, you know, at home businesses or they're doing stuff on Etsy. They're really, your package, they're not, it's not that expensive. No, it's not. Um, 
Yeah, it really, you've done such a great job of making it reasonably priced. Mm. Um, and I think that anybody that's listening, if you're maybe hesitant to make that switch, to, to do that cost, I think you'd be surprised um, at realizing, you know, your mm. audience's receptivity to something like this. Yeah. Uh, similar to what you said, I think most people's audience probably wants to see them make this move. They do. And look, we've seen a heap of research that, that reinforces that. And we see it every day on our social media. You know, the end customer who receives our packaging from the business in between uh, will often post a picture of it and thank the company that sent it to them and say, you know, thanks for using this. This is just the coolest packaging I've seen in a long time. Uh, I'm just stoked that I don't have to try and figure out what to do with this virgin plastic bag anymore, you know. Um, so yeah. it's, we've always said it'll, you know, you may have to pay a small premium and it's and it's not a big premium, but, you know, a small premium to, to make the switch, but it'll it'll definitely certainly pay off for you and, and reinforcing your values as a company to, to your end customer. You know, it's, their, it's your first point of contact with them, what arrives in their hands in the mail. And it's a really important right. first point of contact. Um, I mean, the other thing I'd, I'd sort, of, sort of encourage people to do, you know, you spoke about the really big box and all the filler and the layers. Think about how many of those you actually really need. Um, don't go overboard with the tissue paper, the ribbon, the cards. It's all more stuff. And it's it's really, if you can make, um, you know, if you can do the same job, make the same amount of brand impact with less packaging, please, please do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so, so good. And such a good, um, such a good word of advice and input as again, like we said at the beginning, hopefully we can be more intentional about the things that we mm -hmm. interact with on a daily basis. And, um, I'm, ex I'm really excited, legitimately excited to see, um, see your packaging more all over the place and to see companies begin to adopt this. Um, so those that are listening, I encourage everybody go to betterpackaging.com. Um, we will have the link in the show notes. And if you're a business using packaging, any kind of packaging on a regular basis, I know we don't ship products. I mean, we're a podcasting agency and a media agency, but there's still stuff that I'm, you know, shipping to clients and different mm. people throughout the year. Even if you're in that position, um, I encourage you go online and you know order order a hundred or a couple hundred of these, so that when when you are shipping stuff, that you're doing it more responsibly. So, Kate, this has been wonderful. Um, I hope that this episode gets uh, your story in front of some more um, commerce companies that that can make this switch and, and make a difference. So, thank you so much for your time, and uh, we hope the best to uh, you and your journey with the packaging company. All right. Cheers, Sue. I really appreciate it. It's been fun. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to the Small Business Storytellers. If you've wanted to start a podcast and have been wondering if you can use podcasting to grow your business, but don't know where to start, I'd love to talk. Head to successwithstories.com slash podcast to learn exactly how to launch, grow, and profit from a podcast for your business. Again, that is successwithstories.com slash podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And if you like this episode, share it with someone you know who would also like it. If you want to be a guest on the podcast or know someone who would be a great guest on the show, let me know. Thank you. And we will see you next time on the Small Business Storytellers.